Welcome to the Refined Financial Podcast, where we provide financial education one relationship at a time. For more information, visit us at refinedfinancial.co or call us 518-213-4525. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in this week to the Refined Financial Podcast for Season 2. We are in a series called Five Areas Where People Lose Money Unknowingly and Unnecessarily. Today I want to talk about another one of those five areas that is super important in terms of making sure that we're not losing money uh, and we are on top of our personal finances, and that's the topic of education. I've done a podcast in the past on student loans and the ways that you can pay back your student loans, especially for those of you who have federal student loans, and I encourage you to go check that out back in season one of the seven different ways you can pay your student loans back. That's a part of this. It's a part of making sure we're not losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily. But today I want to talk about paying for education. Maybe you're a parent who wants to save for college. Uh, Maybe you're in school and you have to pay for school, um, or you're getting student loans, or now uh, you're just ready to think about the future. Maybe it's a master's program or a PhD, and that comes with a price tag. So we wanted to talk today about that. And I think, you know, in the world we live in today, when we look at education, getting an education is of utmost importance and almost to a fault sometimes, I think. But at the end of the day, we all know that we need college degrees and they help further our knowledge base. It helps further our education. And it's never a bad thing. Although sometimes we do feel so much pressure to get a degree that we end up hurting our financial future more than we think. You know, the cost of education is something that is continually rising. If you actually look, the average cost of college tuition for a public school, that goes up by about 3 to 4% every year. For a private school, 5 to 6% a year. And whether you're planning to pay for your children's education uh, or not, really, you have to look at the simple fact that a bill is a bill and college is not going down by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I know when we look at the political realm and we've heard uh, talks and debates on the idea of having free college in the future, I'm not going to get into any of that. And if that happens, we can cross that bridge when we get there. But really, we want to talk about, hey, college costs a lot and it's still increasing. We see it increase all the time. So how can we make sure that we pay for this? See, most people will spend tens of thousands, some hundreds of thousands of dollars on education, not really knowing all the ways that they could be losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily. So really what I want to do in today's podcast is whether or not you're going to go to private school, community college, whether you should pay 0%, 50%, or 100% of your kid's college, uh, we really want to talk more so around the understanding that since college is a price tag and it is a high price tag, uh, we have to plan for how we're going to go moving forward. You know, I talk to a lot of people who say to me all the time, hey, George, I want to save for a house. I want to pay or get a, you know, a down payment for my mortgage. Uh, I want to save for retirement. I want to pay for my kids' college. I want to go on two vacations a year, and I want to stop working at 55. I mean, that's like the ideal situation, and a lot of people will literally line all of that up. Now, when I say all of that in one sentence, some people <laughs> laugh and they think, okay, well, how's that even possible? Others will sit there and say, no, I want that to be possible. I'm paying you as my financial advisor to make it possible, so let's do it. And then others react with, that is exactly 
what I want. It's exactly the timeline I wanted, and so let's go get it. Well, at the end of the day, we have to stop here and think of all of those things and how much they actually cost and really look at, rather than waiting until they get here, ask yourself, what am I doing now to be able to afford each of these things when I get there? See, if you can't afford it now, what will change for you to afford it later? We always talk about the people who say, well, if I have more money, then I can do all these things, or if I get this or I get that, but we have the ability now to make a change or to do something with our personal finances. I say it all the time, be proactive about your finances, not reactive about it. And today, focusing on the topic of education, there are a few things we can do now that we can start planning, whether you're whether you want to go to school, go back to school, or pay for your kid's school, in the area of finance, really it's all about start today. Start with where you're at, with the money you have now, put the principle in place to start saving or tackling the area of education, and that will allow for us to start moving forward. Because again, planning for a home purchase and college costs and vacations and retirement all comes at a price tag, rather than just saying, hey, I hope it happens, what are you doing right now, today, that is allowing you to reach those goals in the time frame you want them to be reached? Goals are meant to be made, and we can make those goals, and they're meant to be met, and we can meet our goals when we make them and when we realistically put expectations to what they are. So we know that education is usually a place where we're going to spend a lot of money, definitely some time, and a lot of energy pursuing, furthering our goals. But we also have to look at how can I know how much is too much, or how am I going to know how much am I going to spend on college? I know a lot of people with student loans at $10,000 all the way up to $100,000. I worked with a client one time who was in a lot of debt. She had $320,000 of student loans. And so I've seen everything in between. And at the end of the day, whether it's 10 grand, 5 grand, or 300 grand, we have to understand being proactive now about choosing the right education is okay, how much is it going to cost? The obvious is the school that you choose, right? Or even the type of education that you choose. Now, we can start thinking about, okay, if I'm going to go to a public school community college, it's obviously going to cost me less than if I'm going to go to an Ivy League school. But that's something people don't often think too, too much about. We all know, okay, hey, where am I going to go to school? Obviously, I need to get into a good school or, hey, I'm going to go uh, to a local school. But either way, understanding this is the education that I'm going after will help because those price tags are so different. Now, when Starting to plan for college. So let me talk to some parents for a moment. You're planning for your kid's education, or maybe you're planning on going back to school for your master's or something like that. Choosing the right savings account for saving money for school is very important, right? There are actual savings vehicles or education savings vehicles that are out there that are designed specifically to put money away, earn money on that or grow your money, invest your money, and then use it for a education-related expense, college, tuition, room and board, school supplies, etc. But there's all different types of accounts that are out there, and we have to go back and understand what those are. Again, if I know kind of the price tag 
of, okay, maybe I'm going to pay for community college, or maybe I'm going to go try to pay for Ivy League school. I know the price tag, so now I can have an idea, okay, here's how much I'm shooting for to save. Let's go ahead and put it in the right savings vehicle. We all know that banks don't earn us anything, and we just can't put our money in the bank. So really, we have to look specifically at other options. Now, when we think about long-term savings, first time I talk to somebody, it's usually, a, okay, well, I have a 401k or a retirement plan through work. Problem with a 401k, though, is they're not really good for purposes of education because unless you're 60 or older, taking money out usually incurs taxes and penalties. And so why would you put money into a 401k for something you have to going to be penalized on later? So those don't really work either. IRAs are kind of the same thing. There are some exceptions to the rules, um, but at the end of the day, retirement vehicles, not necessarily the best place you could go. So the other option you have is a brokerage account or an investment account. This gives you the opportunity to put money into an investment vehicle like a stock or a bond, mutual funds, ETFs, where you put money into these vehicles for your money to grow, which is a great thing. It's not guaranteed growth, however, and so you do have to think about the fact that if I'm putting money into this type of account, there's potentially risks involved, so I have to be careful and know, hey, this is the risk involved with putting money inside a brokerage account. However, putting money inside a brokerage account does still grow your money for the most part, and again, if I have money that I'm not going to touch for the next four years before I go to school or if I'm paying you know, saving for my kids' college maybe the next 10, 12 years before I start paying for school. Well, I can put money into this vehicle. You do have some taxes to pay, however, so we have to consider taxes as well. So brokerage accounts, as well as they can work, because I can put as much money as I want into, again, it has risk, and it also has taxes on taking some of the money out. If I have a gain, I pay what's called a capital gains tax. So there are some taxes and, again, some risk involved with a brokerage account, but can still work as an option. Another option you have for investments is solely an education-based account. Most commonly, it's referred to as a 529 plan. 529 plans are the most common for college education, mainly undergrad and grad school, because you can put money inside a 529 plan. It can be invested, so again, some risk involved, but you can choose stocks, bonds, mutual funds to be invested in, and then you can pull that money out tax-free if you're using it for college costs. So a lot of people like the fact that a 529 plan is going to be tax-free. There's another account called a Coverdell account. That's another vehicle that has some of those tax benefits as well that you can use. And this account allows you, again, to invest your money so it can grow. Again, risk involved, but you can take it out tax-free for college costs. Things like tuition, room and board, school supplies are all tax-free expenses. So if you're an individual has a longer time horizon before maybe uh, paying for a school, maybe you're saving for your kid's college, a 529 plan might be a great place to go. You do have to look at the investment options. Is there any tax benefits on the state side? Some of these 529 plans have some state tax benefits, and I can go through those with you over the phone, or any refined coach can go through with you exactly what some of those are. Um, But the 529 plan is another area where you can look uh, specifically for education. Now, that's the downside. What if I put all this money in a 529 and I don't go to school? 
or my kids don't go to school, or maybe I was saving for Ivy League or private school, and my son or daughter decides to go to community college, and now I have all this extra money in that plan, what happens? Well, hopefully you have another kid, because then you can at least use that money for the next child. If not, taking money out for non-education expenses do incur taxes and penalties. So you have to be careful that you're not just uh, overfunding your 529 and just dumping tons and tons of money in there, because especially if you have you know, 10, 15 years before your kid goes to school, maybe they change their mind in terms of the education or the type of education or program, and it may not cost as much. You don't want to get stuck with extra penalties and fees. So 529s or college savings vehicles can work too. The other option people often overlook, and when I talk about this in other areas of the podcast and work with clients on as well, is the use of permanent life insurance. And I know when I say life insurance, people instantly tune out or they think, how can life insurance pay for college? But at the end of the day, when you structure a life insurance policy the right way with permanent insurance, having strong cash value or strong dividends, you actually can use the cash value inside of a permanent life insurance policy to help pay for school. In fact, I've had clients who use this strategy as another way to pay for school. Now, there's a lot of different little pieces and and little details that go into this strategy, and it's not necessarily the right thing for everybody. Again, you have the brokerage account, you have the college savings vehicles, you have bank accounts, you have uh, investment retirement accounts, and life insurance. And again, not one of them is best for everyone, but People often overlook this and just kind of discredit it when I would say we should actually look at what permanent life insurance can do. The reason being, if I can save money into my life insurance policy that I can use later on in life tax-free for anything, well, college is one of those anythings. And now I'm able to put money aside. It can grow at a much uh, more, I would say, uh, or I would say this, much less risk involved in growing um, because you're not tied to the stock market, so there doesn't have to be all of this risk, as well as the fact that now I can take the money out tax-free I can use it for anything in life, but college is definitely one of those things. Um, The other thing that is important for financial aid purposes, um, the cash value of your life insurance policy is not considered uh, when filling out a FAFSA form or looking at financial aid. So a little uh, hint there for individuals who uh, may be over the thresholds for financial aid or income's too high or assets are very high. Uh, this might be another another option for you to go um, because permanent life insurance can be used for various different things, uh, not just when you die. And so that's another area to look. But my point in all of this is this. There's a lot of different options that you have out there, right? And so knowing that you have different options is key. Again, it simply requires a phone call, and you and I can go over specifically what the best option is for you. Again, whether you're paying, planning on paying for your kid's school or planning on going back to school, this is something where we have multiple options. The world of investments is great, and so we want to nail down what's the best option for you. Education is something that with a little proactive planning, you don't have to overspend, and you don't have to worry about, do I have the, the most perfect situation? And okay, now let's go back to school. I think that's the biggest hindrance I see, especially for people who want to go back and get their master's, want to go back and get their PhD. 
they always think, okay, life is happening, I'm working, I'm paying taxes, I'm paying a mortgage, I'm, I have kids and I'm paying the grocery bill, and I just don't have the, the way, a way to actually go and pay for school. And at the end of the day, I think backing up and going, hold on, there's multiple options and there are ways to do it. Let's nail down a price tag. Let's nail down the type of education. Let's make sure that we do some proactive planning now so you can pay for school and you can reach those goals. Not only is it important to save before school, but you also have to think about what happens when you're in school or out of school and now you have to pay it back. And like I mentioned before in ep- in season one, I do have an episode that talks all about the seven different payment options for paying your student loans back. So we're not going to go into that, but I do want to talk and address for a moment the idea of now that I'm in school or I'm paying back my student loans, you know, am I losing money unknowingly unnecessarily? And I think about the idea of a mortgage. When a lot of people get a mortgage, and we touch on this, this mortgages and, and home buying is one of the five areas. So this is another key area. Go back and listen to this, the podcast. But just like a mortgage, when people have student loans or when people have college price tags, they tell me all the time, I want to pay those off as fast as possible. I want to overpay. I want to pay more than the minimums. And sometimes that's not the best thing for you. I think about where mortgages are today, interest rates are very low. Well, student loan interest rates are pretty low as well in comparison to other debts that are out there or in comparison to how much money you can make in the market. And we have to consider that when you look at paying your student loans back or paying for college to begin with. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a huge area where people are losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily because not all debt is bad debt. And people just think if I have debt, I have to pay it off. But rather, think of that rate of re- that interest rate like a rate of return to you. If you have an interest rate on your student loans and you pay those off, okay, that's a rate of return to you. But could I go get a better rate of return in the market? And a lot of times you can. And so I wouldn't just gravitate right to going to paying off the student loans as the only thing to do and then using up all of that money and not making money somewhere else. I'll leave you with this example. You know, you have to, again, when you think about the interest rates, think about student loans are roughly at around a 6% interest rate. But if you could get 8 or 10% in your retirement or investment accounts, you're better off taking your extra money and investing that rather than paying your loans off. I know sometimes it feels better to maybe say, I'm putting money towards my loans, they're getting paid off. But always remember, Money invested today is always worth more than money invested tomorrow. The time value of money, your money is more most valuable to you today. Don't use your most valuable dollars today on something that's not going to make you the most money later on. Look at where your most valuable dollars are. When paying extra to something, is good is the opposite approach. So think about your credit cards. Those are 20, sometimes 30% interest. And if you're carrying credit cards and then say, I want to pay off all my student loans, you have to really look at that and go, hold on. It might be better to pay off my credit cards. Higher interest rate, that's a rate of return to me. I'll pay the minimums on my student loans in order for me to go ahead and actually pay off all that high interest debt so that way I don't have to worry about it. I worked with a, an individual refined uh, member who we were talking through her stu- student loans and she had paid them down pretty aggressively before she came and started with refined. And she was at a position where 
Uh, she had about $4,000 left in student loans. And she was working freelance and had some cash in the bank and said, hey, I have this $4,000. What do you think I should do? And so we ran all of the numbers. And I basically said, if you invest this $4,000 and make this much return, here's how much money you're going to make on this. If you pay off your student loans, here's how much money you're going to save in interest. And it ended up working out to where she could take all of that money, pay off her student loans, and the math was best for her to pay those off. But I had another individual doing almost the exact same computation, and they, it was better for them to invest the money. So it's never right for one person you know, to recommend one thing to everybody because personal finance is so different. But remember, we have to look at our interest rates as rates of returns. Don't take your most valuable dollars and put it towards a rate of return that is not as good as a rate of return somewhere else. And that's what a refined coach does. It helps... He, I help you figure out exactly where to put that money so we're not losing out on money unknowingly and unnecessarily. Don't wait for the better job or the big raise or the bonus. You have control of your most valuable dollars right now and don't spend them in an area where you don't have control. Get on a plan that's right for you so when you spend your money, you're not lying awake at night hoping you're doing the right thing. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any new content. Also, you can go on our website at refinedfinancial.co to sign up for a membership and give us a call at 518-213-4525 if you have any other questions or like more information about our service. Thanks so much.